Good evening, everyone, and welcome to our Pinpoints of Light Healing Conference. This conference is dedicated to bring awareness to childhood abuse as well as sexual abuse, which is a focus on the month of April. And we are happy that you guys are popping up here live. Please share with us where you are from. And please, throughout the throughout the evening, with this conference being here with, with Dr. Elizabeth Clamon, we would love for you to put down any questions that you might have or anything of that nature because what she's gonna share with us tonight is going to bring, I think, the power of, of healing of the spirit, maybe a connection to God or whatever you believe in, maybe the universe, but I think you will be moved this evening. But before we jump in with Miss Elizabeth, she can say hello there. I do have some business to kind of cover because we have had three amazing sponsors. And so I want to give them recognition and get this thing started off just correctly and, and you know, do everything right. So we wanted to thank and can for their support in this amazing conference. Also, the House of Redeeming Love. And finally, Susie Q's kids giving one comfort bag at a time. And we're really excited about these three because of what they help and offer. And can really helps the focus to stop the abuse that happens on children. The House of Redeeming Love is one of those places of shelter, which takes in family, women, anyone that has been impacted with domestic violence or any other sexual crime. Susie Q's kids giving one comfort bag giving comfort one bag at a time. That is for all of the children that might be in grief, that might be in loss, possibly, you know, in a shelter themselves. And so this gives them an opportunity to have something, something of love and comfort. There's a little animal, a blanket, some toys, some games. And we are thrilled that Dr. Mary Welsh was um, our 501c3 to be able to pull this off. So we are so excited for people to be here tonight. It looks like we've got Pam in the house. <laughs> thank you, Pam, for being here. And Mary, thank you so much for everything that you do for us. And Kathy, yes, and Can, we are so excited for all of these things. So well, as more people start to show up, we are grateful for all of this. We want to now give a little spotlight on our authors. So authors had an opportunity to sponsor as well. And first of all, we'd like to recognize one of our authors. Let's see, let's see. Oh, she's here in the room. She's here in the room with us, Miss <laughs> Elizabeth and her two beautiful books. Forgive me for not signing, but you'll have to read. Okay. <laughs> beautiful Beauty Rising from Brokenness. And we also have a book where there's 14 authors who put their story in called Fiercely Faithful. And these are going out tonight. And we want to thank uh, Dr. Elizabeth Clamon for, for all of this great thing. And whoa, whoa I'm hitting my computer. I'm so excited. Whew. Okay, take a chill. So we want to announce the winners of these books right here. So the winner for this one, Beauty Rising from Brokenness, is Miss Jill Armijo. So way to go, Jill. We're so excited for you. The second book of Fiercely Faithful, this book goes to the winner of Jody Almond. So way to go, Jody. So congratulations for those first two books. I love it. People are saying hello. Yay. Awesome. We are so glad that you were here this evening. 
Thank you, everybody. Now we've got a list of other books to go through. So two copies of Pinpoints of Light are going out to be given to a shelter. And this goes off to Sally Simon. So Sally, congratulations. Excellent. Oh, make sure I'm putting them in the right spot. Our next book this evening, her name is Elizabeth Carlson, not to be confused with our other Elizabeth tonight. This is called Scream Quietly. Scream Quietly, ooh, interesting. And the winner of this book tonight is Hope Flansburg. So Hope, I think you might have something, you know, some more stories that might spur from this one because you're an amazing writer. Our next is for the entire set. I have to fan it out. My, my Vanna fans, kind of, kind of lame, sorry there. From Dr. Mary Welsh, we have um, our, our Susie Q's Kids Positive Reflection Good Characteristics. Also, My Special Angel, Susie Q's Kids Positive Reflections. And this is to help with children who might be in grief. And so, you know, in the grieving process, this is a, this is a beautiful. And for adults that have gone through any kind of a grieving process or loss, these two books, one is the journal companion to Journey into the Looking Glass, um, again, Dr. Mary Welsh has put these together. And the winner for the set, the winner for the set. So this one's lucky. They get all four. Her name is Erin Bear. So congratulations, Erin. You have won the set of Mary's. We have our next book, Going All In, from Jody Almond. And the winner for this book is Sam... Barker. So congratulations, Sam. Congratulations. We're getting down to it. Okay. Speak, Lord. I'm listening. Um, Bill Foles. And the winner for this book is Morgan Hints. Morgan Hints. Congratulations. And finally, from our speaker last week, speak, God. Speak to me, God. I'm listening. This one from Linda Larson Schlitz goes to Lori Thompson. So congratulations. Thank you all the authors who gave great support. Thank you for all of the winners tonight. I'm so excited. I can put my notes and things over here. All right, there we go. And thank you, Elizabeth, for, for staying strong through, through all of that. Congratulations to all the winners. And as a last note, I will be mailing out all of these books on one day, May the 1st. Yes. So kind of hang on till I can get through the, through the month of April. We got lots of excitement happening. So they will be mailed out May 1st. So if you're not seeing it yet, don't, don't worry. I didn't forget you. I just had to pick a day. So I picked May 1st. So they'll be on, your, on their way in May. So ooh, look at me, the poet. <laughs> so... Now that the business is taken care of, and it looks like so many great people, look at that. Pam's got it down. She's got Sally, Elizabeth, Hope, and Sam, Morgan, Laura. Thank you, Pam. I love it. You guys are here supporting. Lori, oh, yeah. Winner, winner. You guys, right. Yay, Sam. We're so excited for everyone to have participated, donated, and now you get to leave a winner. So speaking of these wins... We want to talk to a winner here, Miss, Miss uh, Elizabeth Clemon. 
I always want to do like a French twist to it. Clément. Right? You're not the only one. <laughs> I know because I have one of those Swiss French names, right? So, je crois. No, it's, it's this juke. Yeah, I know. I totally get it. So I'm, yeah. Anyway, Elizabeth, share with us a little bit about yourself this evening. And then let's just plunge on in because this is a conference about healing, about recognizing pain and brokenness. And as you can see running down on the ticker down there, we have something really to discover this evening. So Elizabeth, share with us a little bit about who you are. I just have to say one thing about that name thing is <laughs> that that Clement is also a Texas name. I married a Texan. So I don't know why Texans have this fascination with French names. <laughs> and I, I never know. heard it pronounced with a French twist until we moved up north to Massachusetts. <laughs> I wanted to put a French twist on it. But it's just, <laughs> Clam on, you know, I tell people it's like clap on, clap off, it's clam on. There you go. Remember that you can find me anywhere. That's right, was, you can. It was a package deal, it came with my husband. So, and I've had it for 36 years, so it's kind of grown on me. <laughs> Wonderful. <laughs> Right, right. So you'll notice one of the first things about me is that I like to make a lot of jokes. And I like to make a lot of jokes because it it just brings a little light to a very difficult a very difficult topic. And so when I speak, I like to have people laughing. And sometimes they cry, but then I get them right back laughing again. <laughs> so I am, uh, let's see. I am an author and a speaker and oh, a whole bunch of things, a story crafter. And I think that's probably my favorite thing to be is a story crafter. And that's because stories are so healing. You know, when we read scripture, we read stories. God communicated to us in stories. And even Jesus told stories in the form of parables. And so stories are what heal. So I think that's my favorite. And I think it's also my favorite because that's how my grandmother used to tell me stories. I never remember her reading a book, just telling stories. And stories leave your imagination to take you wherever you want to go. And I think for a child of abuse and of a dysfunctional family, that imagination is what got me through because I could think my way other places, <laughs> places that my grandmother had told me about that were so fun. But um, my story starts in 1965. I know a lot of women don't like to tell their age, but I am just so thankful that God has allowed me to be here this long and to be able to tell my story with and share with others and help watch them heal through telling their story. And I think that's why I love doing the collaboration books. That's why I included one of the collaboration books, because it gives people the opportunity without the overwhelm of having to write a whole book. <laughs> my, my husband told me for years, you need to write a book. You need to write a book. You need to write a book. And I can say, I don't like to write. I don't like to write. He'd say, you're so good at it. And I'd say, that doesn't mean I have to like it. 
And if you had told me now that those books would be international bestsellers that I wrote, I would be like, you're crazy. <laughs> There's no way. I'm a bookkeeper. I like numbers. <laughs> but God has, you know, little secrets about our purpose and our and that he intends to use at some point in our life. And that's really what it took for me to write Beauty Rising from Brokenness. God woke me up at six o'clock one morning and he said, it is time. And for one thing, I know it was God because I never think it's time <laughs> and I never get up at six o'clock in the morning. <laughs> Not a morning person. I'm a night owl. So I just knew. And then every morning God would wake me up at that um, just awful hour of the morning that I don't like. And I would get coffee and I would write. And the Holy Spirit just literally poured that book out of me. And it was because it was God's time and his purpose for it to come out when it did. And that was November of 2018. And it was really a step of courage for me to write that book. And um, when I was born, I was a surprise. Nobody expected me. We lived at the, at, my mom was home with uh, my grandparents for Christmas holidays. And she started having really bad pain. And they took her to the hospital thinking that she was having an appendicitis. Ta-da! Here I am. Okay, I got to sign this. Hang on. Backing up in the story. Okay, got, got to get down here. Okay, appendix. Wasn't that? Baby. Wow. Let me tell you, as a mom of having nine children, I knew when I was having nine children, I knew every single time. There was no surprise with that. The only surprise I had was I didn't want to know if it was a boy or a girl. So you were really a surprise. Yes, a <laughs> big surprise. A seven pound, 14 ounce surprise. And I still don't understand that to this day. I've had three and... And, and they were never a surprise. I knew immediately something was different with my body. So I don't understand it. But that's that's what I was told by many people in my family. So my grandfather arranged for me to be adopted before we ever left the hospital because he was not going to have me come home. And my God intervened through a neighbor who who um and see i get so absorbed in the sign because i have to tell you guys this little side note i took sign language in college as my second language many 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 years ago and so i love watching april because i love the sign and i always try to tell if i'm how rusty i am <laughs> and I'm really rusty so forgive me if I get distracted because I love 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 ASL <laughs> but anyway so that God intervened through a neighbor and let and let my mother and my grandmother bring me home and up until I the age of six I was raised as my grandparents child so a lot of people are very surprised when I tell them I didn't no, I called my mother my sister until I was six. <laughs> and at that at that point, my grandfather had a sudden heart attack and passed away. My grandmother, back in those days, they wouldn't let women adopt babies, you know, when they were single. 
So my mother, my biological mother eloped and came home and took me away from the home and across the state. And so that was when my life changed. I loved being with my grandmother. I loved being on the farm. My grandmother took me to church. She prayed with me. She read me the Bible. And I guess that's the one exception to books. She did read me the Bible, <laughs> but she told me wonderful stories too. But when I moved into the house of my mom and my stepdad, my life was nothing but chaos after that. And it was just, um, it was very, really difficult. And you'll forgive me, I've told this story from many stages and I can tell this story through without any tears, but I've been sick. So I am here not feeling my best and my face is red. And so if I tear up a little, that's why I'm, I'm, I'm okay. I'm healed. God has healed me. But <laughs> when you don't feel well, you just, everything makes you emotional if you're a girl. <laughs> That is perfectly fine. And, you know, sometimes when the tears come, I just hope that we've got tissue. I'm looking around. I'm in trouble. Oh, I, see a, I see a towel over there. I, I, would, I, would, I would love to offer you some. <laughs> my, my sweet husband brought me these. <laughs> so if the tears come, it's okay. Well, thank you so much for being so willing to come. I know many are praying for you this evening so that the words will just come. And, and I love what Mary says. We're all real. You are a beautiful soul. Thank so you. there's your boost. There's Thank your boost you. for this evening. And I have droves of people praying. So I'm sitting up in a chair, which I haven't been. <laughs> so, so that's amazing. That's the power of prayer right there. And, you know, God gave us these tears to heal. You know, he he intended for us to be able, even Jesus cried. And if Jesus, who was God, cried, then it's OK for us to cry. And I've done my fair share. And, you know, scripture even says God holds our tears in his hand. He's got really big hands because I've cried lakes full of tears. <laughs> But in the home of my mom and stepdad, I was, uh, I had every kind of abuse you can imagine. Physical abuse, emotional, mental, and sexual abuse by step-siblings from my, my stepfather. And I never said anything. I never told anyone. And I know so many people who suffer through especially childhood abuse, they don't ever tell. And I've thought a lot about that through my life. Why did I not tell? Because I could have confided in my grandmother easily and, and the situation would have changed. Either I would have lived with her or the situation at home would have changed. But when you grow up in a home like that, it's just chaos all the time. And I think you stay quiet sometimes just so there's not more chaos, especially if you're the peacekeeper in the family and you just try to make everybody else okay. And that was my role in the family. I have a half sister and a half brother that are nine and 13 years younger than me. And I also felt like I needed to stay to watch over them, to protect them, and to be sure they didn't suffer any of the things that I did. 
And I really didn't admit it. I don't know if any of you can, can relate to that, but when you get, when you're grown, it's the shame. Yes, exactly, Kathy. It's the shame. You feel so much shame and guilt and like it's your fault that you don't want to tell anyone because you feel like it's somehow your fault. And if you don't say it out loud, maybe it didn't really happen. Maybe it's just that imagination that you had, but you know that it's not. And I got to a point in my 30s where I had been married, oh, probably 12 or 15 years. I had three children and I got very, very physically ill. And I got severe bronchitis, severe asthma and um, and chronic fatigue syndrome. And I could not figure out what was wrong with me. And finally, I was like a volcano. And I talk about this in my book. I felt like a volcano. One moment I was sitting dormant in my room in a rocking chair, just staring at the wall. And the next minute I was blowing up, blowing hot lava on everyone because I was so angry. And it came to a point where my daughters at 11 and 13, my husband came home from work one day and he said, and they grabbed him around the waist when he went to go back to work and said, dad, can we go to work with you? My husband's in the military. He's been in the military for 13 years. They knew they couldn't go to work with him. And he said, of course you can't go to work with me. And they said, we don't want to stay here with her. My heart was broken, just broken because I did, ne I did not want to be that kind of mother. That's all in the world I ever wanted to be was a good mother and a good grandmother. And, I, you know, just to be like my grandmother was what I wanted to be. And it broke my heart. And I thought this has to change. So I made an appointment with my doctor and I went in and talked to her and I finally told someone some of what I had been through, not everything. That sexual abuse I held back, I didn't tell. And she said, okay, we're gonna put you in touch with a counselor and we're gonna put you on some medication to help because this has not been a short-term thing. You probably have some chemical imbalances in your brain. And we're going to put you in touch with a counselor and then we're going to follow you every month. So she gave me a list of 10 counselors and I went down the list and called everyone and interviewed them, each and every one of them, asking them questions about, are you a Christian? Are you born again? How do you feel about mind, body, spirit? connection and how all of that works together because I really felt like that 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 physical abuse that that sexual abuse that abuse that I was hiding and the way I the what I liken it to is a beach ball that you're trying to hold under the water and you do really really well holding it and keeping it submerged because you're hiding it and it gets buoyant and then it starts to bounce up and you push it back down and it starts to bounce up. And then at some point, you can't hold it down anymore. And all of that mess that you've been hiding is there for the world to see. 
And that was me. I was coming unraveled at the edges and all of my mess was at the world was right there. So I got to the fifth counselor and I found the one that answered all my questions, right? <laughs> she answered all my questions to satisfy me. And I said, okay, I'll come in and see you. So I went and had my first appointment with her and I am so, so thankful that I got into counseling. And if you have been through any kind of a severe abuse like that, seek counseling. It Don't be embarrassed. Don't be ashamed. It will help. But you have to find the right counselor. You have to find the right person that is right for you. And she knew immediately everything that I had been through. She could read it. And she said to me, you've been sexually abused too, haven't you? And I had to say it out loud for the first time. Wow, just like what Kathy says here, it is so incredibly hard. You do, you feel like almost another entity is saying, no, no, don't, 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 no, no, no. And guilt, shame, it's like this whole thing. I love your description of the beach ball because you will do all effort to make sure that is submerged and when it pops, and it's just buoyant, right? Everyone sees it. Right. Exactly. And it's so hard to finally say that. But wow. Yes, it is. And you are so right, Sandra. It is so hard to find a good match. And it is essential to find a counselor that's a good match. And I can say now, and I write about Kathy in my book. Kathy is, she is just, she has now become one of my dear friends. And if I'm feeling a little down, I kind of just send her a text and say, hey, you know, I'm I'm feeling a little down and, you know, what's going on? And when I get back to Michigan to visit my kids, I always try to stop in and see her. Or we try to meet and have lunch or something because there just was a bond there and there still has been. And actually, you'll find in Fiercely Faithful that she wrote our summary chapter. So she, from a counselor's standpoint, summarized our stories of what we had been through and how we dealt with it and how God used it and how God and how God used it and what and what scripture says about it. And it was just a beautiful, beautiful ending to those stories that were sometimes so difficult. And so many authors in there are first time authors. And I was so proud to be able to bring their story forward. And that's why I'm a story crafting coach now, because I know the power of story to heal. Beauty Rising from Brokenness was the final journey in my healing. That was the final piece that I needed to heal. And God knew and he knew when it was time for me to tell that story. And I go through and I, I tell the story in detail, which I'm not going to do tonight. <laughs> I don't have that many tissues. So, <laughs> but um, I talk about, I try to, that book is a combination of my doctorate degree and my experience. So it's a memoir along with a, a natural healing guide. And I talk, I tell you about what I did to heal because by training, I am a naturopath. So I have a doctorate in naturopathic medicine. I don't practice um, except for in storytelling. And we use storytelling to help heal. 
And so that's what I do. Yes. Yes, I can't tell you. And I when I work with clients, I tell them, even if you just journal for yourself, you never share it with anybody else. You never you don't have to put it in a book and send it into the world. That's what I felt I needed to do and what God was calling me to do. But writing their story down and putting those words on paper gets all of that out of you and onto paper where we can examine it. You can look at it and you can see what is it, what is it triggering in my life now? I talk about something called um, adverse childhood um, experiences, which is ACEs. And it's a actually a little, uh, it's a, uh, oh, why am I drawing a blank? Like an assessment and evaluation, right? Yes, yes, that you can go through and then it will tell you the different things that it can, that those traumas can trigger later in life. Things we don't ever think about like autoimmune illnesses, heart disease, obesity, so many things that are causing us to medicate in our real life now that we're trying to help that pain from earlier. So I, you know, I talk about how I went through a dietary change. I went through a healing as far as physical healing, going to chiropractors and and being a naturopath. I sought all natural medications, supplements, things like that. And talk therapy, which I went through with my counselor. And she she read me right away. And she was like, oh, you need to read books. So she would assign me a book and I would have to read my book and report back. But it wasn't like my school reports. You know, I just had to talk about the chapters that I read. Amazing books like um, like Boundaries by Dr. Cloud. It is a great book that teaches you that it's okay to set boundaries. It's okay to say this behavior is not okay. And I had to do that with my family. I had to step up and say, this is not okay. You're talking about your mom and your stepdad and your step siblings, right? That's the boundary that you're discussing. Okay. Exactly. Making sure I'm signing it right. (laughs) No, not, not my husband and my children. They're awesome. (laughs) But the reason that I came to that point was that they were beginning to treat my children the same way that they had treated me emotionally, mentally, not the physical and sexual abuse. But that was where I drew the line. And as moms, I think any of you that are out there that are moms, you are so overprotective of your little children. At least I was. And when I finally told my husband of probably 15 years at that point about the abuse. He said, I always knew. I just didn't know who. And I thought I did such a good job of hiding that beach ball. But I didn't. I didn't hide it as well as I thought I did. And I said, how did you know? And he said, because of how protective you always were of our children. And I and I, it's just an uh, it's a reflex that you have especially as a mother. And I'm sure that fathers are the same way. I'm sure you just want to protect those children and you want to be sure they're okay. 
And now being a grandmother, I'm the same way with my granddaughters. So <laughs> when I have, I have four granddaughters and a grandson and our first baby, we have, we have actually a 21 year old and 18 year old grandchildren <laughs> and a 17 year old and, oh, sorry, she just turned 18. I'll be in trouble for that. <laughs> and her brother who's 15 and those um, are grandchildren by marriage and then we have our first baby who was born February 23rd and I know even I am very protective of them and our girls I have talked to them extensively about what's okay and what's not okay and they're like yes Mimi we know but I'm like it's okay Mimi just has to tell you because <laughs> Mimi needs to know that you know you know, because you just get that protective, that protective streak. But because of me coming out, yes, Sandra, we absolutely, we all do. I think, you know, we, we learn so much and we are so protective from the things that we've been through. And so um, as I go through the book, I talk about um, my, uh, my mother and my stepfather uh, could not, would not accept me bringing the skeletons out of the closet and telling everything and they decided that they couldn't be in my life anymore because I was telling these tales and they were not true and so I have not had any contact with my family for 20 years now nor has my children and that is very sad that makes me very sad and I pray for them every day, but you know, God has to change their heart and I can't change who I am and what God has called me to do. And this is what God has called me to do. God actually called me at a women's conference in 2002 and said, I need you to speak and to empower and encourage women to step up and step out and and be who they are. I was not being who I was. I was still hiding a lot of who I was and who I wanted to be and who I knew I was called to be. But I, once I did step up and step out and do that, it made all the difference. And it is, Lori, it is the hardest thing you will ever, ever do. I, at least it has been for me. I would, I would have 20 more children by natural childbirth before I would stand up and do that again. And there are many situations where people can still be in, in relationship with the person that hurt them or abused them. And that is wonderful if you can do that. But for me, it just didn't work out. And I'm still praying that it will. But that is in God's hands and not in mine. But I also have to tell you a little secret about the book. At the very end, I kind of leave you hanging. I don't tell you the rest of the story. And that next book was supposed to come out in 2019. However, 2019, I had four surgeries, a car accident, and a concussion. So it didn't come out. <laughs> So it's written, I promise it will be out this year, but uh, you know, then 2020 hit and we all had to readjust. So 
I kind of leave you at the end, not knowing what happens next, because the next twist in my life was one I didn't expect. And when I speak, I call it curveballs. Life is always throwing us curveballs. Just like tonight, I've been sick for the last week, but I was determined that April asked me to be here and I was going to be here and I wasn't going to be stopped. So I took some Advil and got a shower and here I am. <laughs> a little frazzled and a little tired, but here I am. Because oh, Elizabeth, thank you. Thank you so much for coming, being here, being a part of this and, you know, standing up and, and saying, I love it. Lori says, you know, what a year. It is a lot. Agreed, Kathy. Lori says, how delightful you are. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, Lori. I appreciate that. So, and, oh, go ahead. Go ahead. No, go ahead. I'm just well, telling, at the end of the book, you're going, you're going to be a little taken back, but the next, the next version's coming out. My readers are yelling at me because they don't like being left hanging. And what happens next in my life will be quite a surprise to you. It was quite a surprise to me and not a good surprise. <laughs> the devil's been trying to stop me from getting this message out very, very hard. And he keeps trying and I just keep praying and heading on. <laughs> and somehow God gives me the strength. <laughs> yes, I think when we have the strength from a higher power, from God, from, from that, that ideal, we humble ourselves, let go of our control, and watch where the guide will lead us. Yes. You know, you were in, you were ready for 2019, and I can tell you exactly why it didn't come out in 2019. It wasn't ready for whoever needs to read that. Uh, we don't know who that is, but whoever is going to have that impact with them, this is the year for that. They probably weren't ready, and now they are ready. But isn't it interesting how when we trust, you know, it, no matter the events that happen in our lives, the car crashes, the illnesses, the whatever, when we keep holding on and we weren't, we don't say, oh, well, maybe I should have written that book because I got in a car crash. No, no, no. That's just delaying it a little bit for the right timing. Right. And so when we use that faith and we exercise that action, wow, we'll be led. And I, I hope to hear and have you back to, to see, you know, after this year, because I know you'll be given the and this is why you needed to wait. You know that that hindsight, right? And you'll yeah. know it and you'll be like, wow, that's why. And so that'll be another good twist to the story. So it's Amazing. quite a twist. It is quite a twist. And I will tell you that when I leave you at the end of the book, my son is screaming from the back seat and he is fine. <laughs> he is a 28 year old man and he's fine. So I will not leave you hanging at that point because <laughs> that's the first thing people say, was your son okay? And I'm like, yes, I do. Have you heard me talk about my son? And they said, well, maybe you have more than one. I'm like, nope, just the one and he's fine. <laughs> <laughs> that's good, that's good. You can reassure them that things are happening. And very, very similar in, in my pinpoints. I'm like, well, I'm here. So. Yes. So, so I made it out, I guess. 
Exactly. That's the spoiler alert. I made it. (laughs) How that happened, you got to read the book, right? Right. Exactly. Exactly. And how, you know, and I wanted people to be able to follow the the trail. I kind of talk about GPS and Mm -hmm. and having a guide to help you through things. So I wanted the book to be not just my story, but also a guide of what got me out. They may not need to follow that same path but it might give them some ideas of, of how they can get healing for themselves. And being a naturopath, I believe the body works all together as one. We're four parts of one person, physical, mental, spiritual, and emotional. And when all one of those is out of whack, everything kind of suffers. So if you get all of those things better, then you can move forward being whole and being healed. That's beautiful. And that's the hope of this conference. So, so many of you have come this evening. You have stories. You've heard, Miss Elizabeth, that we can heal. There are many paths on that. So the idea is, you know, maybe Linda's was slightly different than Kathy's. Kathy's is a little bit different than Elizabeth's. And that's how it's meant to be because we're not stamped copies of each other and god knows oh that story will connect with this group here your story oh over here that'll connect there he knows Mm -hmm. and when we just follow and trust and put it there we're led we're it's revealed and we're like oh wow it it's it's a beautiful amazing thing and so that that's something that is just just wonderful it is amazing to me and then to see then to when i speak and to see the people who come up and talk to me afterwards and they tell me their stories and i don't see the relation at all but they do what something god used something i said something i went through to touch them and that is so amazing to me and that is what i love about doing this i just love it it is. It is amazing to be in the hands of the master and do the work that he has called us to do. And it, it is a beautiful opportunity and time. Well, if anyone out there has questions for Dr. Elizabeth Clemen, then we would love to have them put down, share with us some thoughts and ideas of what impacted you. And we, we think that, you know, this is Right, Sandra, this is breaking the silence is miraculous. And if we think about the time frame of, you know, certain generations, hush, hush, never happened yes. for generation. And then we had a few blips of some people taught not enough. And now more are. And so it kind of has two parts in my mind. My first part says, I'm thankful that the awareness is getting there more, more, more. But the next part is why? And the the damage, the generational challenges, I really feel this war that's on the family is huge. Yes. And the war that rages on men is heartbreaking. As you raise sons, you look at that, and you think you should be a protector and a lover of your family, not a hunter of the family or yes. somebody that hurt. And 
and I'm not saying that it's only men, but the majority it happens to. And when we go through and examine, usually there is a deep-seated pain that rides within of damage, pain, abuse that happened to them that they've never been able to express. Right. And wow, when we keep knowing and healing together, it doesn't change the masculinity or the femininity. It allows love to enter in. Yes. And that's the key. So if you feel things aren't filled with love, you know, that's that's a pretty good prompt. Like, ah, something's going off on there. Something, you know, in your gut. I always say, God, give your guts. Use them. You know, yes. he gave you those. So, you know, if something feels off, you're right. What it is, we may never know. But something might be off. And when it comes to children, boys, girls, it doesn't matter. It's not, it's not a a boy issue or a girl issue. It is together as the family. Yes. And I'm so proud of you for praying for your, your first, you know, your first family, because who knows what can happen in the future? God knows. Right. And, exactly. and your heart is, is open to say when it's right, it'll be there. And, right. and that's the beauty of it. And it allows you to be free. It allows you to be forgiving. And wow, as opposed to held down with all of that as well. So it, the healing is happening in so many different aspects of it. And I, I just think it is, it is amazing. Lori has something here to say. That silence of this abuse in men breaks their wives too. The brokenness is held tight to themselves. Their wife knows something isn't right. And many times she internalizes it because of her own brokenness. Yeah. So now we have broken people who are breaking people without realizing it because they're in such pain and suffering. Right. It's, it's such a, such a challenge, but Kathy says abuse survives and thrives in silence. Silence propels the hurt, breaking the silence propels the healing and awareness. And that is specifically why I asked Elizabeth to come here and share her story. I've seen clips and videos of her story being shared and the impact that touched me I thought, well, that's like Elizabeth Cameron. Can I really reach out to her? <laughs> so I just did. And she answered me back. And I was like, ah. And my husband was like, what? Who? Who's on the phone? You're doing this. I'm like, just, oh, just a minute. <laughs> so sometimes I get a like, you just never know. And so it was like, just ask her. And I'm like, okay. So I drew up my courage and asked. And she's like, yes. And I was like, oh. I was waiting for it. I'm so busy. There's things we got, you know, I can book you in a year out or something. And nope, here she is. And, and so thank you. Why were you afraid? And she said, because you're famous. I'm like, I'm not famous. <laughs> back to me all the time. They're like, oh, you're famous. And I'm like, is Brad Pitt behind me? <laughs> Somebody sneak you in and I couldn't know. I am far from famous. I was a little girl from a soybean farm in Louisiana. <laughs> and that's all I ever want to be. I don't ever need anyone to ever be afraid to reach out to me. God has given me great, great opportunities and amazing ways to share his miraculous healing and, and his story. It's his story. It's not my story. It's his story. He was right there with me. And he, he brought me through all of it. And as you read the next book, you'll see what more he's brought me through. And it's amazing. 
And it's only because I can turn around and give him the glory because he gets the glory. He gets it because he because Jesus came and died for us. And we get to turn around and tell other people about how wonderful he is and how amazing it is when you're healed and you're free. And that's all I ever want to be. I don't ever want to be famous. (laughs) I want God to be famous. (laughs) Yes, yes. And that's so celebrating it is is wonderful. You know, God is ever faithful. Yes, it is so true. And that's why that's why we call the last book Fiercely Faithful, because it's stories of how God was fiercely faithful to these 14 authors and the things that they went through. Warning, there are some rough stories in there. Know that there's a good ending and God is faithful. But it sometimes it's hard. They're hard to read, especially if you've suffered abuse yourself. But they need to be told and how healing it is for all of us when we finally tell our story and we're free. That's right. And in that freedom, we can reach out, serve others. We can be that beacon of light. We can touch. We can be that pinpoint of hope that as someone draws closer, they see the beam in the beacon and they arrive and they know that the healing is really happening. And that's the beauty of the journey. For sure. Exactly. And it's the beauty of sharing the journey once you've been through it. Because right. God allowed us to go through everything we've been through so that we can be that beacon of light for someone else. Right. You can't shine on your own beacon because that, that blinds you. Ah, ah. <laughs> I want to be like, oh, I'm famous. Look at me. No, look at God. <laughs> look at what he did. I'm just the vessel. <laughs> Right, right. Well, this has been a beautiful evening. And Elizabeth, I won't keep you too much longer. We don't want to have you fall out of that chair. You've been beautiful, <laughs> wonderful, and such such a, such a gift for us this evening. So Thank remember you. through our healing that you do have to reach beyond yourself. Forgiveness is a part of it. And when you discover how you find that hope for the healing, the freedom comes. And that's what we desire for for all. So please start your journeys. Reach out. Elizabeth is very reachable. I am living evidence. Reach out. Share. Um, Those that have won the books tonight, all of them, you know, come, read, go through them all. Because they are here for all of you. Yes. We want to thank everybody. Thank again all of our sponsors for being here this evening for And Can. House of Redeeming Love and Susie Q's Kids giving one giving kids comfort one bag at a time. So thank you, everybody. It's been beautiful. And we will drop the winners down. And again, your book, May the 1st, will be going out. And those that have had a paid ticket, we have the summary statements from all of our speakers. And those that have that paid ticket, you will be getting that automatically. Again, that will be emailed out to you by May 1st as well, just because life is happening for this mom of nine. Woo-hoo! So, so May the 1st. May the 1st be with you always. There we go. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> oh, so, so never fear. Thank you, everybody. And it's been a wonderful evening. We'll see you. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye-bye.